Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. And I'm here today with you taking your calls and texts live on the air. The vision behind Calvary Live is to give you a space where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or anything going on in your life that you'd like biblical counsel on or biblical advice. We'd love to talk with you and we'd love to pray for you. So if you have a prayer request, uh, please call in with your prayer requests. We'd love to lift those up to the Lord along with everybody tuning in uh, in their cars right now or wherever you're tuning in from. We can all agree together in prayer and say amen. The number to call is 303-690-3000. It's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Once again, the text line is 720-336-0897. Once again, the the, uh, idea is you can call in with any of your Bible questions. Maybe you've been reading the Bible and there's something that confused you or you weren't sure about. Uh, something that you want a little more clarity on. And um, we'd love to discuss that with you, and hopefully we can answer those questions and bring clarity to those areas. So give us a call. Let us know. And 303-690-3000 is the number to call. 303-690-3000 or text us, 720-336-0897. We want to welcome those who are listening in all of our listening areas. So we have broadcast areas here in Colorado and Wyoming on Grace FM, all the way from Cheyenne, Wyoming, all the way down to Colorado Springs and even into Canyon City area. So we are so glad that you're tuning in. If you're tuning in here along the front range of the Rockies on Grace FM, you're hearing this program live. We also want to welcome those who are listening on the East Coast on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland. Welcome to the program. And we also want to welcome those on Truth FM in Tennessee and parts of North Carolina and Kentucky. Also, welcome to the program, Truth FM. Glad to have our listeners there uh, tuning in as well. Just a reminder that those of you listening on Truth FM and Hope FM, you're hearing this program on a one-week delay. Now, what that means for you is that you still, we want you to call in and be part of the program. Call in with your Bible questions and your prayer requests. We'll pray for you. We'll answer those questions. And then you'll have the unique opportunity where where you will be able to tune in a week later and hear yourself on the radio because it's a one-week delay. And I want you guys to use that opportunity, those of you on the East Coast and Tennessee area, Truth FM and Hope FM, to invite somebody else to tune in and listen to you. You know, that's a great opportunity you have to share the the word about uh, the radio station and Calvary Live here. And maybe it's a, you know, it'll be a, a door that somebody enters through where they start tuning into the station regularly. They start hearing the word of God being taught and questions being answered and they're going to grow in their faith. Maybe some of them will come to faith for the first time. So I want to encourage you to do that. Even if you're listening here in Colorado and Wyoming on Grace FM, get on social media and just put it out there to people. Hey, 
check out this radio station. Good stuff here, you know, quality programming, Bible teaching, uh, Calvary Live every day of the week, you know, weekdays, answering questions and praying for prayer requests. You know, we believe we have a really good thing going here, and we would love for more and more people to find out about it and discover it and experience the transforming power of God's Word through it. So wherever you're tuning in, uh, we are glad that you are with us. We also want to greet those who are listening online. You know, there's a growing number of people who listen online. I just got a map here of all of the people who are listening online. Looks like we have people kind of in every part of the country. So we've got some up on the eastern seaboard down in Florida, as well as the Midwest. We've got Colorado, New Mexico, Arizona, California, and of course, Oregon and Washington represented as well, as well as uh, Seoul, South Korea, Ukraine, South Africa. So wherever you're tuning in from today, we're so glad that you're tuning in with us. If you don't yet have our mobile app, I really encourage you to go get it. So just go in the um, App Store or Google Play Store, and you can find it at um, by just putting in the word Grace FM as one word, so no spaces. Grace FM, and it'll come right up. Um, you know, Apple, Android devices tablets and phones you should be able to put it right on there it's totally free and you can use it to listen to this show and everything else that's on grace fm anytime anywhere in the world and you can also go to our website so gracefm.com you can go there and you can listen live and you can keep up you can read the bios of the different teachers and all that stuff so definitely encourage you check out the website and download the mobile app for Grace FM if you haven't yet done so. So just a few words about myself. My name is Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church, which is located in Longmont, Colorado. We're a Calvary Chapel-affiliated church here in this great city of Longmont. And uh, I'm, I'm your host here every Friday on Calvary Live. And I've been doing it for a while now. It's really a pleasure and an honor to be able to speak with so many of you and to get to share God's word with you and get to hopefully answer your questions and pray for your prayer requests. If you'd like to know more about our church, um, just consider this a personal invitation from me to you to join us sometime either in person or online because right now we're doing all of our services both fully in person and fully online. Um, our address, we just moved actually, in, moved in March, but we were able to open up for services in our new building because of COVID, you know, we were closed for a little bit there, just like everybody else. But uh, we've been able to reopen since June. And for the last, I guess, six weeks now, we've been able to do in-person services. You know, we're abiding by all of the CDC, State of Colorado guidelines for social distancing and for precautions. You know, a new precaution came out just this morning that masks are required for the entire state of Colorado. Uh, whenever you're in public places. And so we're abiding by all those, and we're glad that we can be uh, open right now. We're glad to be worshiping physically in person. One of the books I've been reading lately is Dietrich Bonhoeffer's Life Together, you know, which he wrote uh, during a time when he was running an underground seminary in Germany during the Nazi period, during, during World War II itself. And he writes about the importance. I thought it was so relevant. He's writing about the importance of physical gathering when it's possible you know he uses bible verses where paul the apostle for example talks about how i long to see your faces and it's not enough uh, john writes in 
in Second John, how it's not enough to write with pen and ink. He also wants to see them and see their faces. And so I know that for some people that's um, not a good solution, not a good option right now because of, um, you know, being at risk for, for, you know, problems with health and contracting COVID-19 and things like that. And so uh, we're, we're happy to be able to do both in-person and online services fully. And we'd love to have you join us. So either join us online for church this Sunday at whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com. Or you can join us in person. And our new address is 2950 Colorful Avenue in Longmont, Colorado, 80504. So that's 2950 Colorful Avenue. Longmont, Colorado, 80504, and this is a great location where we are. It's a it's a large building. We are just east of County Line Road and Highway 119 here in Longmont, so we're just directly north of Sandstone Ranch um, Sports Complex, where there's all these baseball fields, there's a skate park, uh, soccer fields, so a lot of people come out to Sandstone for a lot of different things, uh, and more and more, the city of Longmont is growing out towards I-25. And so we're right there in that zone where the growth is taking place, right in between uh, the city center of Longmont and I-25, but still in the city limits of Longmont. So come visit us. Check us out online if you want directions. Uh, you can Google us. Or you can find us online pretty easily. Whitefields Community Church, whitefieldschurch.com, and our address is 2950 Colorful Avenue. Services are at 9 and 11 a.m., and they last about one hour each. Currently, we're studying through... Uh, first Kings in a series in which currently we're looking at the life of Elijah and it's been a very encouraging study just this coming Sunday we're going to be talking about um, we're going to be talking about how Elijah confronted King Ahab and um, and how he called the people to decision he said how long will you go on limping between two opinions if Baal is Lord, then serve him. But if Yahweh is Lord, then serve him. So we're going to be looking at uh, the things in our lives. You know, Paul talks about, or I guess not Paul, we don't know for sure. The writer to Hebrews in chapter 12, he says, you know, let us cast off every sin that encumbers us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising its shame. He says, let us consider him who endured this for us so that we might be motivated. We might have perseverance to run our race. Very encouraging stuff. And we'd love to have you join us this Sunday, 9 and 11 a.m., both in person and online. All the info is at whitefieldschurch.com. Let's go to our first caller. We've got Matthew in Fort Collins, Colorado. Hi, Matthew. Welcome to the program. Matthew. So, um, Matthew, if you're not there, then I, I do have your question written down here. So I'll go ahead and read it and I'll answer it. Um, and the question was this, does it go against God's word to co-parent every other week custody? Um, it looks like Matthew's in the process of a divorce right now. And it looks like he'd like us to pray for reconciliation if possible. So Matthew, I don't see anything in God's word that would tell us not to co-parent. And I'm not sure what what your, what other options you have right now, you know. So it looks like your options against co-parenting are either for you to be reconciled to your, your wife and for you to not be divorced, um, which it seems like that's your desire. And I'm, I'm happy to pray for that here in just a second. Um, on the other hand, you know, it's either for your wife to full-time parent or for you to full-time parent. 
it, you know, in other words, are, maybe you're asking, is it better to have some parenting rather than no parenting, right? So either let your wife fully take care of the kids. I think, you know, no matter how you slice it, um, it is, first of all, not against God's word to co-parent if that is the situation you're in. And uh, secondly, I think that, you know, you want to have as much, you want to take up that godly call to raise your kids in God's way and have as much influence on them for for Jesus Christ as you possibly can. So I would encourage you to lean into that rather than to, you know, wonder if if you should do it. So that would be uh, my advice to you is take every opportunity and every moment you can have with your kids, uh, both to love them and to parent them and to lead them in God's ways. And if um, legally, because of your divorce, you're only able to see them every other week, then make sure that you maximize that time for parenting them. I know that can be a really difficult situation. I know I've talked to a lot of people who are in a situation like that, and maybe their uh, ex-spouse doesn't share their faith in Jesus, and they um, you know, have to kind of counteract what the other parent has been telling them throughout the week. So it sounds like you need a lot of grace and a lot of wisdom, a lot of strength. So let's pray for you. Lord, we pray for Matthew. And uh, what a difficult situation to be in, especially when it's not something he wants. And so, Lord, we pray for reconciliation in this relationship. Uh, I know that the wife is in the process of divorcing. It's not finalized yet. So, Lord, we pray that you would do a miracle and that you would save this marriage, save this family. Lord, we pray that you would make a way where there is no way. Lord, just like you did when Israel was pushed up against the Red Sea to their backs and a, a rock wall to the front and the army of the Egyptians coming at them. There was no way out, but Lord, you made a way through the water. Lord, I pray that in Matthew's case with his family, where it seems like all hope is lost for reconciliation, Lord, I do ask that you would make a way and reconcile this family. And Lord, I pray that you give Matthew grace as he moves forward with this. Whatever situation he ends up finding himself in, Lord, I pray that you would give him grace to do what you're calling him to do. And Lord, thank you that, uh, that essentially, Lord, you call us to be obedient, to respond. But as we do that, Lord, you are the one who is able to change hearts. Lord, you are the one who is able to do so much with what the little that we give. We think of the boy who brought his lunch to you, Jesus, just a couple fish and a couple loaves of bread. And you took it, you broke it, and you multiplied it and and made it so much more than it ever could have been just on its own. And so, Lord, we pray that you would do that with Matthew's time. I pray for parents out there who are dealing with similar situations, and especially those who are co-parenting, and maybe the other parent doesn't uh, teach their kid uh, to follow Jesus. Maybe they do just the opposite. Maybe they discourage the child from believing in you, Jesus. And we pray, Lord, that you would work in those situations for the good of the children, Lord, that the children would be able to discern between right and wrong, between your word and the word of another. And Lord, we pray that you would um, watch over those children, Lord, provide them with the spiritual life that they need that only you can provide by your spirit. And Lord, bless these parents as they are in tough situations. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, God bless you, Matthew. Thanks for calling in with that question, and uh, we're praying for you.
Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. We'd love to hear from you. We're here to answer your, uh, I'm here to answer your Bible questions and take your prayer requests and pray for you on the air. So give us a call, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. You can also text us at 720-336-0897. That's 720-336-0897 for the text line. Um, I wanted to go over here. It looks like we have all open lines right now, so it's a great time to call in, 303-690-3000. All open lines, we can get you on right away. So if you've had a burning question about the Bible or something you've been thinking about and pondering on, we'd love to... Uh, I'd love to talk about that with you. I'd love to hopefully bring answers and clarity to any area where there's been a lack of that. And I'd love to pray for your prayer requests. Speaking of prayer requests, let's go over to our text line. It says that uh, we see a text here from someone asking for us to pray for the salvation of someone named Justin and for spiritual awakening to take place. Okay, let's pray for that. Heavenly Father, we pray for Justin. We ask, Lord, that you would cause him to be born again. Lord, we think about what your word says in Ephesians chapter 2, that apart from you, Jesus, we are dead in our trespasses and sins, and we are children of wrath, even as the rest. But Lord, thank you for the good news of the gospel, that when we were dead, Lord, you loved us and you gave yourself for us, and in you we can be made alive in Christ We can be saved by your grace and raised up and seated with you in the heavenly places so that in the ages to come, you might show your immeasurable riches and grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. So Lord, we pray for Justin that he would receive your grace by faith, Lord. Take the blinders off his eyes, we ask, Lord. Open up his heart. Lord, where he's had a hard heart, we pray that you would replace it with a soft heart, a flesh, a heart of flesh. And Lord, we pray that you would Uh, help Justin to not only be saved, but to walk in all of the good works which you've prepared for him to walk in. And so, Lord, we ask that you would do that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for that prayer request. You know, one of the the verses that comes to mind when it comes to praying for people's salvation uh, that always strikes me really uh, a lot is in uh, Hebrews, I'm sorry, in Romans chapter 11, where... Oh, I'm sorry, Romans chapter 10. You know, it's Romans 9, 10, and 11. Paul talks about the Jewish people and God's plan for the Jewish people and what it is and, you know, has God forsaken them? How is it that they're chosen and yet many of them don't believe? And he goes on that and he says some incredible things there in um, in Romans 9, 10, and 11. And perhaps one of the most astounding things that Paul says in Romans 9, 10, and 11. He says, for example, in verse in chapter 10, that he prays for them that they would be saved. And I think that's a, that's a great thing. You know, sometimes people can get in this mode of thinking, well, you know, God's going to save who God's going to save. And God's sovereign, so I don't really need to pray for, um, for people to be saved because, you know, I can't influence God. Well, we see here that Paul gives us an example. He's praying for the Jewish people to be saved. And at one point, Paul says, I would even be condemned if 
they could be saved. In other words, if I could go to hell so that they could go to heaven, I would do it. That was the heart that Paul had and the heart with which he prayed. And so I just want to encourage you guys. There's probably people in your life out there who don't know the Lord. I want to encourage you to pray for them. Paul, like Paul did, you know, have that heart that says, man, I would do anything short of sin to help this person uh, come to know the Lord Jesus. Again, going back to um, what I've been teaching in First Kings, you know, there's a saying that's really popular in some Calvary Chapel circles, and that is, you know, we, we like to teach through the Bible. We don't necessarily do a lot of topical series, although we do. I, I did a topical series just recently, and I, I know that a lot of uh, pastors do, but, you know, the bread and butter of what we do at Calvary Chapel tends to be teaching through the Bible, just verse by verse, chapter by chapter. And right now, you know, we've been planning a long time to do a series through First and Second Kings. And as we've come up in this time of COVID, you know, we're doing it right now. And I've had some people ask me, really, you're doing a series of First and Second Kings during coronavirus. But I got to tell you, the saying that's so popular in Calvary Chapel amongst pastors is, you know, wherever we are in the word, that's exactly where we are. And what that means is that, you know, as we're teaching through the Bible, God is faithful that he will line things up, you know, in his providence. He will orchestrate things so that the passages we're teaching, even if we're teaching from first Kings, right, they are absolutely relevant to what they speak in a way that's absolutely relevant to the situations that we're facing right now. And we I found that to be so true as, uh, as I've been teaching. One of the things that I taught this past Sunday was First um, Kings 17, where you know Elijah the prophet is on the run from King Ahab who wants to kill him. And God sends him to the house of a Gentile woman in Zarephath, this village that's in the land of Sidon, which is the land of the Phoenicians. And through her relationship with Elijah, this woman becomes a believer, but then her faith is put to the test because her son dies. And so Elijah prays for this son and he's resurrected to life. But here's what's so surprising. You know, um, this had never happened before. There's no example of anyone ever being raised from death to life ever before this incident in 1 Kings 18. So when Elijah did that, he was praying for something that seemed absolutely impossible. There was no precedent for it whatsoever. And yet Elijah prayed for it in faith that God could do anything, even if there was no precedent for it. And, you know, as death, you know, and being raised from death to life is a picture of what Jesus does for us. I just want to challenge you guys out there. Maybe there are some of you who have friends and family members who are spiritually dead. And I want to encourage you, pray for them like Elijah prayed for the widow of Zarephath's son. You know, maybe you say it just seems so hopeless. It seems like there's no way. That's exactly how Elijah would have felt. And yet he prayed to God anyway, and God brought life uh, out of death. And I, I believe that he can do the same in the lives of those people who you care about as well. Let's go to our next caller, Noah in Aurora, Colorado. Hi, Noah. Welcome to the program. Hey, how's it going? Good. What's up? Good. Good. So I just had a question um, in regards to, um, I, I guess this is a proper name for it. It's like the black Hebrew theology. I'm not too sure if you're familiar with that. I have some ideas, yeah. Okay, so basically, um, I know there, I'm not sure if you heard about this, but the whole situation that's kind of going on with Nick Cannon in the news and a lot of the remarks that he's made as far as, you know, white people being lesser than humans because we don't have the same amount of melanin in our skin. Um, and then he posted after that, 
you know, because people were calling his comments um, anti-Semitic, which he said um, they cannot be Semitic comments because he is Semitic. Um, I think that's going kind of in ties with, you know, that um, I've heard a lot that Abraham was black, um, going back to kind of that whole lineage. And so I'm just kind of wanting some clarification on that. Yeah, so, I mean, we could talk about it from, like, a, a historical perspective. You know, this is not the first group of people who have had a theology that says, essentially, that they are the true descendants of the ancient Israelites. And there's a lot of reasons why uh, people believe this stuff, or at least, I, I mean, I guess they truly believe it, but, but it is a stretch. You know, to believe it, you do have to kind of go against a lot of, I guess, scientific proof. So for, let me give you a few examples of this. Uh, in the 1800s, it was really common, uh, especially the like mid-1800s, it was really common for people to um, come up with theories about how the Native Americans got to the United States. And mm -hmm. so, so it was a, that correlated with the, another false assumption. And the false assumption was that the ten tribes of the northern kingdom of Israel were lost. Maybe you've heard of that, the, the lost tribes of Israel. And the idea was that the uh, ten northern tribes of Israel, you know, as after the kingdom was um, divided into Israel in the north and Judah in the south, you might remember that in 700-something A.D., the uh, northern kingdom of Israel was attacked and conquered by the Assyrians, and they were carried off into captivity. Now, that led to kind of a common, and it's a common misconception, that the northern tribes essentially disappeared and never came back or they were lost. So, okay, so keep that thought in mind. And then keep in mind the fact that uh, during the 1800s, there were a couple different things going on. One of the things that was going on was what's called the, the nationalistic movement, right? So this was the idea that we were moving from the age of empires, like, right, you had Austro-Hungarian Empire, you had the Russian Empire, which were multi-ethnic in nature. And they were they, the idea of nation states started to come about where the idea was that certain nations should have their own governments, right? So that was something that happened a lot in Europe. Now, along with that became the rise of nationality, right? Or sorry, nationalism. And so one of the ways that um, people tried to legitimize their nationalism was to see themselves and essentially read themselves into the Bible. And uh, one form of this was called uh, British Israelism. And British Israelism essentially said that uh, the white Anglo-Saxon peoples of the, of the Northern Europe are the true descendants of Israel. They are the 10 lost tribes of Israel. And their best claim on this was that the nation of Denmark, you know, the Danes or Dan is the, actually the tribe of Dan. They're the descendants of them. And therefore, they would read themselves into the promises of the Old Testament. And um, so it's a sort of replacement theology, you could call it, but it's also a kind of nationalistic, weird uh, form of it. Now, this is essentially the same thing, where black people are saying, uh, who hold to this thought, and it is very much a fringe belief, right, that, um, that they are actually, in fact, the true descendants of the people of Israel and um, and of the lost tribes of Israel. Now, there, here's what's interesting. They are not um, connected to the mainstream Jewish community. Jew Jewish people have never considered this to be true. Neither of 
you know, British Israelism or European Israelism, nor of, you know, the black Hebrew Israelite movement. So these, these are fringe groups. They're going against, um, you know, even, what would you call it, like um, DNA evidence. Uh, I'm running out of time for a second because we're going to go to our break. You can hold on through the break if you want, but I can also finish this then. But another version of this, by the way, is the Mormon church. And the Mormon church essentially had this thing, again, in the mid-1800s, where people were trying to figure out how did the Native Americans get to North America. And they, you know, the Book of Mormon essentially tells the story that the northern tribes of Israel, the so-called lost tribes, rebuilt Noah's Ark based on the Bible and went through the Mediterranean Sea and over into North America, and they became the Native Americans. So the idea was that Jesus then came and preached to the Native Americans because they were the lost tribes of the people of Israel. Now, of course, that's been proved wrong by DNA evidence. Um, so, so those are some thoughts on it. Um, I'm going to have to put you on hold now because we're going to our break. Uh, we'll be right back in two minutes' time. We've got two open lines. It'd be a great time to call in on this topic or any other topic on, uh, regarding the Bible or prayer requests. 303-690-3000. We'll be back in two minutes' time. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon and welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. We have two open lines right now. It's a great time for you to call in and we'll get you on the air pretty quickly. The number to call is 303 690 That's 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. So right before the break, we were talking to Noah in Aurora and we were talking about what's called a black Hebrew Israelites. Um, and this is kind of a theological movement, fringe movement, but apparently it's come into the media lately with some comments from Nick Cannon. So uh, Noah, you still here? Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, great. So, so I know I threw a lot of information at you, um, but did that answer your question? Do you have any kind of follow-up questions to this topic? Yeah. So, um, it was, uh, sorry, I was cutting out a little bit when you were talking. But um, what um, do you have like specific like scriptures or where in the Bible that like talks about um, you know that like kind of where you were we were talking about like the in scripture? What does it say that? Yeah, so I said several things, but I, I'll just give you several scriptures that talk about different aspects of this, okay? So one of them is the fact that um, Abraham is from Ur of the Chaldees. Now, we know exactly where that's at. That's um, kind of like southern Iraq, part of Iran right there, you know, near Mesopotamia. So first of all, we know that he's from there. Now, we know at this time that people had already spread out by the time that Abraham was uh, living, right? And we know that the descendants of Noah, some of them had gone into what is now Africa, right? Ethiopia, that part of Africa, and down into southern parts of Africa. And then, of course, those people, as they developed um, in isolation, you know, I mean, as they, I guess, you know, spread out and um, proliferated in isolation from other parts of the world, you know, they 
That's how genetics works, right? Their skin got darker. Whereas the people in the Middle East, their skin, they would have developed, again, in isolation from them as well. So we know, like, for example, Iran, that area, it's called Iran. The word Iran is related to the word Aryan because that's why we talk about, like, Indo-Europeans, right? So it's, it's that whole swath of people from India, northern India, all the way up into Europe who have general characteristics, which means lighter skin, and more European characteristics. Now, this isn't to say that he was European. He's certainly Middle Eastern, and he probably did have dark skin. But to say that he's African, and to say that the African uh, people, the African Americans, are God's chosen people, is, is really uh, redactive history. Like, the Jewish people themselves don't believe that. No one believes that. This, the black Hebrew Israelite movement didn't even start until the late 1800s. And like I said, if you look at the historical context out of which it came, you can understand that this was one of many groups of people trying to claim that they were the lost 10 tribes of Israel. Okay, some other verses, though, that can kind of speak into this. Um, let me think now. <laughs> now I'm losing my train of thought. Oh, yeah. Okay, so what happened to those 10 tribes of Israel? For example, I told you that they weren't actually lost. Well, what we know is that the 10 tribes of Israel uh, who were in exile in Assyria. We know that what happened to them when they were in Assyria. Now, this isn't uh, detailed written in the Bible, but we have other um, annals of history which tell us about this, uh, is that these people essentially lived still separate. There was some mixing that went on between Assyrians, especially how the Assyrians tried to repopulate northern Israel, the area of Samaria. That's what leads to the rift between the Samaritans and the Jews in the time of Jesus, because they can the Jews considered them half-bloods, you know, half mixed Assyrians and Jewish. By the way, also the Aramaic language is a mixture of the language of the Assyrians and the the Hebrews. But there's also the issue that what happened is that the Babylonian Empire came in and the Babylonians conquered Assyria. And when the Babylonians conquered Assyria, all of the Jewish exiles who were living in Assyria were essentially you know, swallowed up by Babylon. And then when Jerusalem ends up, Jerusalem and Judah, right, the southern kingdom, ends up being conquered and taken into exile, then they are essentially reunited in exile. And when they come back to the land, we see the people reunited according to God's promise. The people are reunited and they enter back into the land, which is why in the time of Jesus, we no longer have the division of you know Israel and Judah. The, the 12 tribes are reunited. Now, some people were lost in that process, but they're not considered lost tribes. So does that, does that answer your question as far as Bible yeah. verses? Yeah, and, and so as far as like the where he's talking about like the melanin in our skin, is there anything in Scripture that talks about? Um, because I, I think the way he described it, too, is that white people are less compassionate because to have more melanin is like the more melanin, the more compassion that you have. And so that's why, because we basically are, are light skinned that like the lightest tone of skin that we essentially have no melanin. And, um, which is why we weren't, didn't have any compassion. We're considered basically animals or lesser humans. Wow. Again. Yeah. I'm not sure if that actually holds up against any research, right? Like psychologically or science or, you know, hard science or soft science. 
Um, but no, I don't believe the Bible has anything to say about uh, melanin. You know, we, we do read about many black people in the New Testament, but you have to understand, uh, you have to kind of read and understand that these people were black. So for example, there's a guy named Cyre Simon of Cyrene. Now, Cyrene is in Africa. And uh, so he's, a, he's likely a, a black man. And we read about the, the, there were many black leaders in the early church. We read about them. The son of Simon of Cyrene was a member of the early church. He's mentioned in kind of the footnotes of Paul's letters when he mentions different leaders in the church. Right. So you, you also read about like in Acts 13, that there was a multicultural church that came about in Antioch. And very much the the ethos and the ethic of the early church was, you know, exactly what's described by Paul in Galatians, where he says, you know, in Christ, there is neither slave nor free, nor male nor female, Jew nor Gentile. Um, you know, we are one in Christ. We have a new identity that supersedes all other identities. And so um, I, I really think this is a, you know, this is somebody trying to manipulate something that they already believe and trying to make the Bible legitimize it. But the problem is that the, to do so is really to do violence against the Bible. Right, and that's, and that's what I've heard is because the thing is I never heard about that being anything like in Scripture. Um, and I, I've known that like Nick, some of the stuff that he's got from like a person that's kind of like inspired, he's inspired by is uh, that Minister Farrakhan, who I've heard is like very anti-Semitic and almost like borderline his views kind of line up with like Hitler as far as like how they see Jews and the Jewish people. So um, I'm not, I don't think that like any of the stuff that he's getting comes from scripture, but I was just kind of curious if, you know, he was kind of using that. Um, and kind of twisting it or, you know, or if that's what people were getting that from. Right. So he's not actually using any scriptures at all. It's basically uh, someone trying to legitimize something by using the Bible. But, hey, uh, thank you for your question and fascinating topic. I think it's especially relevant right now. So thanks for calling in. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air today. The number to call is 303-690-3000. You can also text us at 720-336-0897. That's 720-336-0897. 0897 for the text line. Okay, so we have all open lines right now. It looks like we've had a few callers who called in and asked not to be on the air, but they did have a few questions that they called in with, and we're going to answer those in just a second. We've got a few text messages as well, but I'd love to have some more callers uh, on the line. Always enjoy talking with you guys and answering your questions, so give us a call. 303 690 3000. That's 303-690-3000 or text us 720-336-0897. As we're waiting for those calls to come in, let me just take the opportunity to personally invite you to join us at the church which I pastor here in Longmont. And our church is called Whitefields Community Church. We're a Calvary Chapel affiliated church here in this city. We recently moved and we are having both in-person and online services. So if you are looking for a place to worship this Sunday, either online or in person, we would love to have you. Uh, for our in-person services, 
we are following all of the safety guidelines from the state of Colorado and the CDC, and so we'd love it if you'd bring your mask and join us at 9 or 11 a.m. Uh, we are social distancing, spacing everybody out, so if you come a few minutes early, that'd be great. We can help you uh, get a seat so that you can uh, have space and, and uh, we can space out in that way. Uh, our address of our new location is 2950 Colorful Avenue. That's 2950 Colorful Avenue. We're right on the east side of Longmont, uh, close to I-25, just east of County Line Road and Highway 119, also called Ken Pratt Boulevard. We are just directly north of Sandstone Ranch um, Community Sports Complex. I'm not sure exactly what, what the official title is, but that's where the big skate park, all the soccer fields, and uh, everything is out here at Sandstone Ranch next to Walmart here on Ken Pratt. We'd love to have you join us. 2950 Colorful Avenue in Longmont, or you can check us out online, whitefieldschurch.com. We'd love it if you'd connect with us on social media and all of those great things. Um, you're listening to Calvary Live. Once again, number to call 303-690-3000 or text us 720-336-0897. So let's go and uh, look at some of these questions that were called in. And then I actually have one more thing to tell you about, which uh, I was just reminded of. Okay, so looks like we have... Um, someone named Marie who is asking for prayer for comfort after the death of her father who died one year ago tomorrow. And she's struggling with understanding why God let her husband die and left her a single mom um, for so long. Okay, well, let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, we pray for Marie. And Lord, we hold tight to your promises in the Bible. Your promise that you are the God of all comfort who comforts us in our affliction. Lord, we ask that Marie would experience your comfort in her life right now. And Lord, we, we pray for her just as she's wrestling through these questions of why things happen and why um, things happen this way. Lord, I pray for her that you would help her to trust in you, to trust in your faithfulness, to trust in your goodness, especially to see those things which she doesn't understand in light of the things which she does understand, meaning that she knows, God, that you are good. She knows that you love her. She knows that you are, you have sent Jesus to redeem us, Lord. I pray that in light of those things that we know about your character, that she would trust in you in the midst of this situation where she doesn't know the answer to the question why. Lord, I pray your blessing upon her. I pray that you be with her. And Lord, I pray that you'd comfort her and hold her tight, Lord. Um, and we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, Marie, just a uh, thought that uh, this past Sunday I taught on 1 Kings 18, which is a story, or sorry, 1 Kings 17, the latter half of it, where we see this woman who loses her son. And she's in an especially destitute situation because she's a widow. Her Really, her only hope for being taken care of in her old age was that her son would grow up and get a job and get married and be able to take care of her. So, you know, there's no social safety net back in those days. So this woman, you know, she's new to her faith and she's got this sense that God told her to do something, which was to feed Elijah, even though she was poor and she's done it and God's been faithful to her. But now why would God allow this child to die? And it just shows us, you know, one of her reactions are really interesting. If you check them out in first Kings 17, she says, first of all, Elijah, you are the reason why my son died, which of course is not at all true. Uh, if Elijah hadn't come, they would have starved to death long before that. 
But in her angst, in her pain, she she's looking for an answer. She desperately wants to have something that she can point to and say, this is why this tragedy happened. The next thing she says is, surely this that my son died because of some sin in my life, something that I did wrong. God killed my son because I did something bad, and this is a punishment. And that wasn't the case either. You know, with, with Job, a lot of times we, we see that Job and his friends, all these bad things happen to Job. Job and his friends, they desperately want to have an answer to why. And yet, in the end, God doesn't give them the answer to why. He just asks Job, Job, will you trust in me? Were you there when I laid the foundations of the earth? Were you there when I set the stars in the sky? Job, will you trust me that I'm God and, and, and worship me? And Job says, yeah, I will do that. And, and that's really important for us because, you know, there are a lot of moving parts, let's put it that way, that God is in control over. And he doesn't always promise us answers to all of our questions. We know this. We live in a fallen world. And you might ask the question, not just this, why, why did God allow my husband to die? But maybe you ask the question, why, why doesn't God do something about everything that's wrong in the world? And the answer to that question is, God has done something. He's done something really good. What he's done is he sent his son to die, to put an end to death and suffering forever. And that's really good news because it means that the day is coming when you will see your husband again. And you'll hear those words that God said, or that Elijah said to the widow, uh, where he said, Behold, your son lives. And in Christ, that's the hope we have in the gospel, that though we die, yet we shall live. And that is something that is so much better than just having uh, a little extra time here on earth with the ones we love, that we could have eternity together with them. You know, I think sometimes we, we're so focused on, you know, this world. You know, we, we want uh, to know, God, why are my circumstances in this world, um, you know, hard? And sometimes you know, I think that we say, God, why? And I think, you know, what's so, what's so impressive and so hopeful and so life-giving about the gospel is that the message is this, that God's promise in the gospel is not that you will have an easy and comfortable life here and now. It's actually something better than that. And that's the thing we need to remember. Because here's the deal. You know, this widow, her son was raised from the dead. And you can easily look at the story and say, well, good for her. But how does that help me? Because my son or my husband or my loved one, my friend, died and they weren't raised from the dead. So good for her, but why should I care about what happened? And I would say, look at this. The, where is that son now? Can you hit him up on Snapchat? Can you Instagram him? Can, can you text him? Of course not. You know why? Because after he was healed and, and resurrected, a few years later, he got sick and died again. And at that time, there was no one to heal him and raise him from the dead. In other words, in history, everybody, except for like three people, have died and stayed dead. And one of those people was Jesus, of course. And, and the promise of the gospel is not that we will have all of our questions answered here in this life. It's not that we will have a comfort, comfort and ease necessarily in this life. It's something so much better than that. It's the hope of eternal life. It's the hope of death and suffering being put to death forever and the hope of new life and eternal life. So I hope that helps Marie in some way and I just pray for you that God would help you to walk through this difficult time and that you would cling to the hope of the gospel.
Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. The number to call, 303-690-3000. It's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Once again, the text line, 720-336-0897. We have a lot of texts coming in. Not a lot of calls. If you call in the next 10 minutes, we can get you online on the air before the end of the show. 303-690-3000. But in the meantime, we're going to go to more of these text questions that came in. So we, it looks like we have someone from Fort Collins who asked the question, does Second Chronicles 7.14 apply to our current situation with COVID? Here's what it says. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. Okay, so it's always a precarious thing when we are applying Old Testament promises, which were spoken into a particular situation, to ourselves in the here and now. So we need to be careful with it when we do it. We need to make sure that there's no hubris in it as we do it. But let's just look at the principles here. If people who are called by God's name, right? So God's people, if we will humble ourselves and pray and seek his face, if we will turn from our sin, God will hear from heaven and he will hear our prayers, forgive our sin and heal our land. Okay, so will God do those things for us even now? I believe he will. So I do think that we can apply this promise uh, to ourselves here and now. And, and look, this is a global pandemic. So this isn't just about our country here in the United States. This is about the whole world. And so absolutely, this is a time when God is calling his people in this time of crisis to pray, to humble ourselves, to seek him, to turn from our wicked ways, and to ask him to hear us, to forgive us, and to heal our, our land, to heal what's what's wrong. You know, we have a lot of problems, of course, in our country right now, too, with the, with the divisions over race and things like that and so let's absolutely pray for that to happen right now and let's not just pray for that to happen let's do our part in that let's humble ourselves let's remember that god resists the proud but gives grace to the humble and let's seek him let's repent of our sins you know the verse that comes to mind because like i said i'm, I'm teaching on this topic this coming sunday is hebrews 12 uh, verses 1 through 3 which say this Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. I don't know if any of you out there are um, runners. I'm a, I run about 20 miles a week. That's my current um, routine. And so, you know, I know that when I run, I don't, I used to run. You know how people have those things where they carry their phone on their arm or they carry their phone in their hand? You know, after a while, you, you know, you get really sick of that because if you do longer runs, having that phone hanging on your arm, you actually start to get pains in your neck. And so I've started running with, uh, with only a watch. I don't even like to have keys in my pocket. And I just think about this verse and it's like cast off every weight. You know, I can't even imagine going for a run, carrying a bunch of junk on me in my pockets, in a backpack. You know, why would I want to do that? And that's what he said. Hey, that's what sin is like, man. It just slows you down. It just burdens you. You've got a race to run. You've got a destiny f to fulfill in the Lord, a calling from God. Don't slow yourself down with all this nonsense, right? 
So that's that whole idea there. Let, let's uh, repent, turn from our wicked ways, and ask God to uh, forgive us and heal our land. So let's do that right now. Lord, we come to you right now, and I just believe that those listening are in agreement with me. Lord, we humble ourselves before you. We ask that you forgive us of our sins. Lord, we pray that you would truly hear our prayers and you would forgive our land. Lord, forgive the divi- or heal our land. Heal us from the divisions in our society, political, racial, etc. Lord, uh, heal us. Uh, forgive us for the areas where we as a church have been disunified. Lord, forgive us for our judgmental attitudes towards one another. Lord, help us and Lord, heal the rifts in the body of Christ. Lord, we pray that you'd heal the rifts in our country, but Lord, we also pray for healing from this virus in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so let's go to, we've got a few callers right before the end of the show, Dustin and Decono. Hi, Dustin. Welcome to the program. Hi. Hi, Pastor. Nick, how are you doing today? Doing great. What's up? Oh, um, I have just, there's just been something that I wanted to ask you about. Uh, I was uh, just going to ask for, uh, like, in Matthew 24, when he's talking about this generation, I know I've I've talked with you very briefly about this. This generation will not come to pass, or will not pass away until all these things. And it's Matthew twenty four, verse thirty four. Mm-hmm. So and so he's you know he's talking to the disciples, and he says in verse thirty three he says, "So likewise ye, when you shall see all these things, know that it is near, even at the doors." And then, verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. So, like, and I, and I'm, I'm in agreement with, with you and the fact that that it's like futuristic, mm-hmm. to where they're talking about the generation that goes through the tribulation. But I'm trying to. My friend is. I've kind of been talking back and forth with a friend, and he, he doesn't agree with me on that. And uh, and I'm trying. I'm trying to understand how. How do we, like. How do I go about when he says just from the word this, like from this generation, he thinks it's that generation that Jesus was talking to. So I'm like, yeah, and that verse has been a tricky one for a lot of people to understand. It's led to I, I can think of three major explanations for that verse. And uh, we've only got four minutes, so I'm going to just try and do my best. Uh, three major explanations for that verse that have come about throughout history. Uh, one is that Jesus was talking to that generation, like your friend is saying, and um, what he said to them was essentially, you know, you're going to see the destruction of Jerusalem. So that's one take on this, is that the destruction of Jerusalem would happen within that generation, and it did happen within that generation. But the question is, what is the this that he's talking about, and or these things, all these things, Right. Is he talking about the return of the Son of Man? In which case, it would have to be the generation that goes through the tribulation, you know, a seven-year period with Jesus coming back at the end. That generation that goes through the tribulation that sees these things take place will also see the return of Jesus. Now, that lines up with other things that we read in the Scriptures. Uh, Another version of this is a, a real preterist view, which says that, Essentially, and I do not agree with this view, by the way, but the view says um, that essentially Jesus did come back in the Roman legions led by Titus in 70 AD. 
And that was a form of God's judgment, and therefore Jesus came in the form of judgment. Now, I disagree with that position. I think that's, again, twisting the scriptures. Um, so, you know, but that's a, that's a view that's held by uh, some preterists and partial preterists on this, this topic. So I would say that um, all things taken in consideration, you can't really interpret this verse in isolation, right? So no matter how you interpret this verse, it's going to be determined by the eschatological paradigm that you hold to. So if you're a dispensationalist, which of course it sounds like you are, um, then you would interpret it the way that you do. I think the question for your friend is really this question of, look, we either have a couple options here. Either um, Jesus said this and he was wrong, which is another interpretation that people have said that, hey, look, Jesus said he was going to come back by the end of that generation and he didn't. Or, you know, your friend has to deal if he takes the view that what Jesus said was actually true, then he um, he needs to give an explanation for how it can be true that that generation saw the return of the son of man, which is what Jesus talks about right before that. So. All those things considered, the only thing that makes sense to me is to say that Jesus must have been talking about those who experience the tribulation. And they are the ones who are going to see within their generation that the tribulation starts. They're going to see the return of Jesus. Does that make sense? Does that help at all? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's the way I've always, I've always, uh, or almost always thought of that as well. I was just, right. it just gets to a matter of, uh, eschatological paradigms and I don't think again I don't think you can interpret the verse in isolation you have to read it in in um, as through the lens of other verses I have to let you go but thank you great discussion excellent question God bless you Dustin hey you've been listening to Calvary Live my name is Nick Katie pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont Colorado thanks for tuning in today thanks for your participation in the show hope you have a great evening God bless you check us out this weekend you can join us in person or online at Whitefields Church in Longmont. Check us out online, whitefieldschurch.com for all the information. Have a great evening. God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.